This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Dagenham and Redbridge won, Wrexham won the final score of our season, sadly. And yeah, it's a sobering moment. We've managed to slip out of the playoffs. In some senses, we've been rather unlucky. There have only been two rounds of matches since early February and we've not been in the playoff positions. And frankly, when you look at the, uh, the permutations of results, there are very few that lead to us failing to get to the playoffs if we draw Dagenham. But that's what happened. Bromley's goal, Chesterfield's goal, 15 minutes from the end have meant that our season's over. I've got to say it was a draw but it felt more like a defeat and not only because we missed out on our objective um, it wasn't a good performance sadly and this time the team weren't able to rouse themselves and turn things around although there were some circumstances uh, to extenuate that. Keats made one change it was an interesting one uh, Jay Harris was not fit now last Saturday Keats only had attacking options on the bench and even though it felt like we needed to replace Harris with somebody who could stiffen the midfield up we had to bring on Dan Jarvis and try to go forwards more in this sort of game away from home against a very informed side we I think needed something more solid as an option and so James Horsfield came in a bold move in that he's only played a little bit in centre mid for us although to be fair he has played centre mid in the Dutch top division um, also a bold move in that he hasn't actually played since late February but I think a logical one in fact it's one that I mentioned in last week's podcast as a possibility so Horsfield came in for Harris and, well, the opening two minutes were fantastic. You thought, right, we're really at it, as Wrexham began very, very quickly indeed. We got two corners in the first two minutes. Jordan Davis got into a great position out wide and drove across him, which went for a corner. And Young, with his second corner, swept one in beyond the far post. Sean Pearson getting up, planted a looping header, which beat the keeper, hit the top of the bar and bounced behind. So good stuff. But in the next 25 minutes, well, we lost that momentum. Frankly, Dagenham didn't threaten at all. But we lost that push going forwards. If we could have sustained that, this game would have been very different. And I think a lot of it was because Dagenham matched us up and went three at the back themselves. They played a pretty similar formation. And neither side was really making huge inroads. Dagenham started to open us up, though. A lot of it was because their wing-backs and wide centre-backs were getting forwards well and creating overloads on the edge of our area. Our wing-backs would go wide because their wing-backs were very wide. There'd be a big gap between them and the centre-backs and that would allow players to rush into it. And maybe, having seen how consistently they did it, we might have perhaps been wise to decide to defend our penalty area, let them put crosses in and try to deal with those. Although the argument against that, of course is that they used to have Paul McCallum, who is perhaps the most effective of the one-dimensional big target men in the division in terms of winning headers. So that's a deterrence from doing the tactic I'm suggesting. Anyway, around the half-hour mark, Dagenham started to put on the pressure. 
there weren't a huge amount of clear-cut chances, though, to be fair. Gordon driving forwards beat Hall Johnson on the left-hand side, swung in a supercross at the far post. Marvellous header under pressure from McCallum by Vassell to put the ball away uh, because he was really under pressure from the big man. A minute later, it's Reynolds, one of the centre-backs, driving uh, forwards and coming inside Kelleher, hitting a fierce shot, which... Pearson blocked superbly in front of Leinton. Probably their best effort of the first half was after half an hour. Wright with a free kick on the left corner of the box. He ripped it over the wall, looking for the top left corner and just missed the target and 20 yards out. Then it was Weston cutting in from the right-hand side, hitting a 25-yarder. Again, Pearson doing well to block. Ten minutes left of the half, there was a, a bit of relief. Uh, Jordan Davis whipping in a, an awkward cross which the keeper Elliot Justum was uncomfortable with as Reese Hall Johnson attacked it and palmed behind for a corner not convinced that it would have done anything but drift out for a goal kick but Justum took no chances and then from the corner Green put a good ball into the far post and this time like Vassell earlier it was Wright who made an excellent defensive header to head the ball behind the best chance Dagenham carved out in open play came five minutes before the break. It was nice, patient movements again. They worked that gap between the wing-back and the centre-back. And again, they got into that right channel. This time, it was Robinson feeding Balanta. He ran to the goal line and cut back onto his left foot and swept a good cross to the far post. The sort of thing McCallum dreams of. And six yards out, he'd lost his man. But he totally misheaded this and put it back across the face of goal. And then within a minute, Wrexham. Uh, had a moment of hope. Young lofting a halfway line free kick up to the edge of the area. There was a scramble on the edge of the box. Davis, fair play to him, battled in there and won the ball back twice. The second occasion, he lashed a shot through a crowded penalty area which went wide at the right post. Um, so half-time, nil-nil. And at that point, Wrexham was still in the playoffs and the results were all pretty much going our way. Keats made a half-time change, which turned out to be a fateful one, although, to be fair, <laughs> that doesn't mean to say it was the wrong decision. Horsfield had taken a blow to the head. He came off at half-time. Uh, may have something to do with a head injury, but may also have something to do, uh, to do with the tactics as well, as, we, as I'm sure Keats will have wanted us to get at Dagenham more. Paul Rutherford came on, but would have an unhappy 11 minutes on the pitch. Six minutes later, Dagenham took the lead. It was a bit out of the blue because the second half had started pretty much as the, the first half had played out. But Balanta, who again was getting the ball 25 yards out and pulling the strings, working these neat little triangles around the wing backs and then feeding the balls in, fed exactly that in to right, driving into the right channel, into the box. He drove it across the face of goal and Fika Kelleher unfortunate he's three yards out he's lunging at it he's got to try and get a touch on it and he put it into his own net so Wrexham behind and then five minutes later it got even worse Wrexham were about to bring on Dior Angus and try to change things around in fact we would have done but we were on a free kick on the halfway line and my assumption is that Angus was coming on for Armatayo and so Keats thought logically enough we've got a free kick into the box now we might as well lift the big lad on as an extra big target and then if it doesn't come to anything i'll withdraw him after that however as angus stood on the side of the pitch young lofted it into the box there was a scramble around the edge of the area and rutherford's lunged in with a, a wild tackle 
went over the ball and played the man. The ref had his red card out straight away. You know what I think of National League refs, but at this time, no question. No problem with that. Um, Rutherford's, I mean, let's be honest, he is wholehearted and he was desperate to win a big tackle on the edge of the box, but he mistimed it. It was a red. So Wrexham down to 10 men and in trouble. That obviously postponed the substitution as there was a conflab on the bench to work out what to do now. Eventually, five minutes later, Wrexham did make the changes. Angus came on, so did Dan Jarvis, and Wrexham ditched the three at the back. Fika Kelleher sacrificed, and also coming off was Omatayo. Wrexham went to four at the back, and at first it didn't really settle, and Dagenham were able to have an extra man in midfield and move the ball around comfortably. Although it's got to be said, they would get no more shots off in the penalty area in the whole match. Robinson from 25 yards out hit a shot, but it was too straight. Leanton held onto it comfortably. Um, then Seydou Khan drove the ball powerfully from 25 yards. This was a good effort. Went just whistling wide at the right post before Robinson had another opportunity, cutting inside to the edge of the area, driving it across Leanton. Leanton did well to get down low to his left and hold onto it. To be fair to Wrexham, who still were really not gathering themselves, pretty much the rest of the game was Wrexham trying to getting themselves back into the match. There were a couple of strange, edgy moments in the edge of the Dagenham area. The history of this fixture is oddly strewn with own goals. And we nearly had another catastrophic error at the back. Two centre-backs getting themselves muddled up. Ponticelli managed to capitalise upon that and looked to be completely on his own one-on-one. -on -one, but Kenny Clark recovered with a magnificent tackle. Gotta say, at first look, I thought he'd gone through Ponticelli, but looking at it again on the replay, no, he hadn't. It was a wonderful tackle to Ponticelli, otherwise it was alone through the middle of the penalty area. And then a couple of minutes later, Clark, not looking so clever, an awkward back pass to Justin, who fancied himself with the ball at his feet, but was maybe a little overconfident on occasions. It was an awkward skipper, and it came at, an at a tricky height. Both Angus and Ponticelli went to charge down the keeper and Justin basically had to ride Ponticelli's challenge about a yard out under his bar, but did manage to do so and survive. Wrexham kept pushing on. Davis with a terrific diagonal to the left-hand side. Jarvis cutting in. Players waiting for a cross. Decided to go for the shot instead, though, and it was blocked. And frankly, I don't think it would have troubled the keeper too much. That was a missed opportunity. The ball rebound to Cameron Green, who got forwards, beat his man, and was in a wonderful position in the penalty area, but stood up much too powerfully to the far post, nor had a chance to get to it. As time was running out and the results now were going against us, Sean Pearson was thrown up front and he made an impact. Wrexham nearly scored in the 89th minute. Angus on the left-hand side doing really well, bursting in on the di diagonal, driving the shot, aiming for the bottom far corner. And again, Justin did well, diving down and pushing the ball clear. But a minute later, Wrexham did have the goal. Long ball forwards. Pearson won it well. Jarvis carried it through the middle, spread the ball to Hull Johnson on the right side of the penalty area. He punched in a nice side-footed cross and Ponticelli tapped it into the open net. He was offside. He was definitely offside, but the linesman kept his flag down. The signaled four added minutes, and who knows, maybe we just had a chance of pulling off in a season when we'd done all sorts of crazy fightbacks, the ultimate miracle. And within a minute, maybe we should have done, as Dagenham got caught out. Wrexham had a three-on-one break. Angus bursting down the right-hand side, 
Pearson and Ponticelli marked by one centre-back. A glorious situation and Angus has got to be disappointed of himself. I wondered if he was caught in two minds because it was a decent angle to have a shot. I mean, it was tightish, but we've seen him score from tighter. But I wondered uh, whether he was thinking about the shot and then caught a bit in two minds. Certainly by the time he dragged it back, he the, the pass angle wasn't quite right and it was intercepted in the near post and the opportunity was nearly gone. Although, to be fair, the interception dropped back to Angus, who managed to pop it back across goal. Uh, it hit Saunders, not Saunders, Reynolds, beg your pardon, in front of the open goal and ricocheted across the face. <laughs> you know, if I was fatalistic, I'd ask why Why is it it hits hit his knee and flies across the face, hits Kelleher and goes in. But hey, that's life. And actually then, Dagnum could easily have punished us at the other end because Wrexham had so massively overcommitted that we were caught in a 5-on-4 break with basically Vassell on his own as the actual defender. Uh, Belanta drove forwards from 25 yards out, smashed a shot, which hit Vassell, sent it flying to, from one corner towards the other, and it went just wide of the right post. We kept going, but the added time was badly disrupted by stoppages, substitution by Dagenham and Dagenham players getting treated. The ref added six minutes on in the end. I think he did, to be fair, pretty much make up the time. But we couldn't get our rhythm going again. The other games ended before ours and the final whistle went and we knew it was all over. What a huge, huge shame. A team that's thrown everything at it and done everything. As Dean Keats said afterwards, he thought maybe we played the occasion rather than the match. I think maybe so. It was a disappointing performance in all honesty. We didn't lose it, but it felt like we'd lost it. We are unlucky, like I said, the combination of results to knock us out if we get a draw so fairly unlikely in a way, but, you know, we had it in our hands and we didn't take that opportunity. Looking through the performances, none really great, to be frank. Lainton did nothing wrong, made one sharp save, had no chance with the goal. Apart from that, didn't have much to do, really. The centre-backs, yeah, well, I would say if you're looking for strong performances. Pearson and Vassal probably were the two best in the team. Uh, Vassal made one wonderful uh, interception that is near post late on when we were leaving ourselves exposed on the go forwards. Pearson made those blocks. They both battled well. I think I'd go Pearson man of the match to be honest but Vassal was an honourable mention. And Kelleher yeah he was he was solid enough. He did get done once when uh, Reynolds cut inside him. But apart from that, he was solid. I feel sorry for him with the own goal. I don't think there's any way you can really blame him for that. He wasn't subbed because of that. He was subbed because uh, we we had to change our shape and do something. And if you if you if you change that back three, you leave Pearson on in case you have to throw him up front in an emergency, as we did, and you leave Vassell on because his pace means that he can cover. As for the wing backs, mm, disappointing. Hall Johnson was troubled a bit when Weston ran at him. Although he only really did that once, but you could just see there was something there. And he didn't get forwards much, you know, honestly, apart from the very opening minutes. And Green, likewise, wasn't the most comfortable defensively. I'll put an asterisk next to that, though, because, you know, both wing-backs were being outnumbered. That's part of the reason as well, to be fair, why they couldn't get forwards very well. When they're getting outnumbered at the back, the last thing that's in their mind is, I'll chair up the pitch and leave that the space behind me completely empty. Um, but again, Green didn't really venture forward much compared to how he normally does. Um, so that was disappointing for us. In the centre of midfield, Luke Young was uncharacteristically quiet, I thought. Um, 
did his usual good shift, but wasn't able to really do much with the ball. Uh, Jordan Davis, well, I mean, fair play to him. He is such a Wrexham fan. He was trying so hard. One of those things where you almost wonder if he's trying a bit too hard, in a way, because he was just battling away. He overhit some passes because he was trying to make things happen. He made some good tackles. Um, he got booked. He battled away like crazy. Um, he's been booked in more than one and four of, of our league games this season. His league games this season. Wow. Um, and I felt so sorry for him because he was. You could see he was desperate to make things happen, but it just wasn't quite happening for him. And Horsfield uh, was solid enough. Didn't do anything to catch the eye. Didn't do anything to let us down, to be honest. Up front, Omatayo wasn't really getting much change out of the centre-backs, in all honesty. I felt sorry for Ponticelli. Again, he looked sharp. He was running into good positions. At first, Dagenham were really releasing those wing-backs out of their pitch. I suppose they kept doing that. But early on, when we had more of the ball, Ponticelli was making some great runs diagonally and finding loads of space. But so often, wasn't getting the ball. And Omatayo wasn't really managing to touch it onto him or hold it up for him. So he was a bit isolated, to be honest, Ponticelli. He looked sharp. I'm glad he got his goal. But, yeah, um, I, I felt he looked like he had a game in him. And we didn't give him enough chance to show that. The subs, well, Rutherford, sadly, of course, that didn't go well. Um, Angus came on, had that one good effort, but squandered that opportunity too. So a real mixed egg. I think, I think Angus has just lost a tiny bit of confidence at the end of the season, and that's a pity. Angus, the Angus who, who put Bromley to the sword would have relished those opportunities. And Jarvis came on and, did, again, didn't do badly. But we didn't really get that momentum going to feed him enough of the ball on the floor to feed. To be fair, we were down to 10 men. Um, and so we couldn't influence things too much. Dean Keats maintains his remarkable record when we're down to 10 men. We won 1-0 when we were down to 10 men. But of course, whether he retains his role at the club is now going to be down to the owners. For my money, I wholeheartedly agree with what he said after the match, that this is a squad to be proud of. It was put together with a very small budget indeed. I mean, he was saying that it's not in the top 15 budgets in the division. I haven't fact-checked that, but I would say that my understanding is that's that's, that's decent ballpark park, uh, assumption, considering that. This squad's massively overperformed. He also suggested it's the basis of a promotion team, and I'd agree on that. There needs to be a sprinkling of quality on top of it, but this squad needs to be applauded. Uh, they've the number of times they've dug deep and come back and fought, and even though today was a poor performance, even today they still managed to dig in with ten men and equalise. But it just wasn't quite enough. But there's a lot of heart in this squad, and we just need to sprinkle a little bit of quality in around it. I think, to make it really take off. And for me, Keats should be the person to do it. I think he's done an admirable job in very difficult circumstances. And he's shown a good eye for a signing. I heard in the commentary, Adam Virgo was saying that uh, we had to replace players uh, because they'd got injured. Well, no. <laughs> Keats had to look around the bottom of the barrel because he couldn't replace players. And yet he's still come up with Omatayo, who has done a good job for us in 10 matches he still managed to come up with green everyone's raving about green quite understandably well I mean, he had really no pedigree to speak of but Keats has picked him up and seen something and um, Sang looks like a decent player to be fair so to be fair to Keats he's, he's done exceptionally well 
I'm gutted because I'd love to see us go up this season and put us ahead of schedule. But let's be honest, we're still on schedule. And disappointing as this is, we're still about to enjoy a hell of a ride. So, yeah, down your sorrows, but try and get over it quickly because Wrexham are going places. And it's going to be brilliant for all of us when we do. With the final score of Dagnum Redbridge 1, Wrexham 1, I've been Mark Griffiths and the Wrexham AFC media team, and I just want to say thank you to all of you who've been listening to these Final Whistle podcasts. Sometimes it's uh, easier to do than others. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's sad, <laughs> like today. But it's always a pleasure. I enjoy people's discussions uh, on issues that we raise. I think that our fans deserve to have as much good analysis as possible. And I do hope I'm able to play my part in providing some of that. Remember, there's lots of things that the club's putting out and they're all to the benefit of the club. In fact, the, the, the club's business plan now will be to capitalise upon all of that. So the videos, the podcasts, they'll be crucial, not only in terms of bringing revenue into the club, because the owners want to set the club up to be self-sustainable, not to receive cash and then go pop when they eventually leave and also because we are hoping to attract a more international support we are hoping to broaden our appeal and clearly it's by the work we do on the internet podcasts videos live streams etc that we're able to do exactly that so thank you for your support please subscribe click like write reviews and things like that um, it all helps us in, in different, some direct and some indirect ways. And also, keep your eyes peeled over the summer, because I reckon we've got scope to put some interesting stuff out there. If we're going to get new fans, we need to let people learn a bit more about our history. So, yeah, we're going to keep churning stuff out through the summer to keep you entertained and to keep your chins up and to remind you that this club's going places. So, speak to you soon. And like I said, we're getting there. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.